Welcome back to Sir Reginald's Monocle, the Umbrella Academy podcast. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here with my brother Dave. What is up, Dave? How you doing, Toby? Doing awesome, and we are literally uh, in real time just off watching episode one of season two, and man, it is off to an awesome start. How, how'd you like it overall? Very excited. Very, I like what they're doing. I, 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 what I'm seeing so far, I like where they're going. Okay, so probably, hopefully at this point you guys have listened to our previous episode, the Season 1 Recap. So as you know, we left our heroes after failing to stop the apocalypse. Um, they were the ones that were able to skate out at the last minute um, by getting five to time travel together um, with all of them, which he had never done. So, uh, But we assumed he'd be somewhat successful at doing this since there was a Season 2. Um, so that's kind of, <laughs> we, we start out literally right from that point in Season 2. They waste no time get, getting right to it. And uh, they vanish from the concert hall. Um, but instead of as a group, you know, dropping into some space and time together, uh, we just see Klaus drop out of the sky. It, I loved it. I love the fact that, first of all, it was just the perfect recap in the sense of, like, basically, Vanya shoots the beam into the white violin, shoots the beam into the moon. World ends such and such date. This is how they escaped. Boom. You're there. I, I, I love it. No wasted time. You were right back in the moment. It was awesome. Um, and leading into this, you know, preparing to watch it, obviously you, you knew that they were all gathered at some point, but my whole thing was how are they, how do they get dispersed to have to be regathered? And the idea of dropping them in separately in different dates and time is just awesome. I, I just love the, the, you know, how they, how they did that. That was a, that was a wise choice. Yeah. I had successfully avoided any trailers for season two completely. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, brand new to the show in the first place having just been season one uh in preparation for this so um i didn't know any of that was coming so basically they start out uh it takes us to 1960 and that's where we see klaus uh along with ben you know ben's ghost uh appear in you know basically just the same way five showed up in in the first season originally just the big light in the sky and then they drop out but he's by himself, you know, looks around, can't find anybody. And then through kind of a montage, we get to see um, each of them drop out. You know, it kind of starts, it, it's looking like it's going to be like a year at a time. Um, but it ends up being, you know, basically three years total about that, they're, that they were uh, um, spread out. But each of them dropping in one by one. Yeah, that was perfect. That I, I really like the again, that choice was great. Um the uh, and I like that it was exactly like you said, the like in season 1 episode 1 where they're literally falling, you know, through space into this, you know, into the time that they land in. Uh so visually I thought that was, you know, I, I, again, I like that choice, that effect. Uh as they each get there. And I, and I'm wondering, I, I wasn't, I didn't pick up on the exact dates. I, I did see that they had, you know, as the, in the sooner, the ones that had fallen into time more recently, they got more specific on the date. And I wonder 
if it sped up like the first the first two were like one year apart and then the second two were maybe nine months and then six months then you know what you know what I don't know specifics. But. Yes, it seemed to be accelerating because the most okay. recent one, you know, we find that out later. And I, I guess we'll get to that when we talk about the, the where where are they now. But, uh, um, oh, it, it, in fact, actually, I think the episode's called When Are They Now? But uh, so no no pun intended. But um, nice. my favorite my favorite, favorite part of the opening montage is, you know, they're all just kind of dropping in. However, but then. Diego lands like with the superhero, you know, kneeling landing. And then like <laughs> yeah. literally within like four seconds of landing in nineteen sixty one is like stopping a mugging and right. taking a guy down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so perfect for that character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well and you uh and they really accentuated your part with the throwing because you know, it's always been that he obviously he's very accurate with his throws, but like the fact that it curved so obviously you know it was very much like yeah. the wanted movie you know so yeah and, and that was actually you know based on a comics series as well which was nice because that was like their way of showing that he had his powers at least we know <laughs> we know he didn't lose any of his ability he gets better by the minute i just love that guy i, I that actor is just n- knocking it out of the park such a great character and great performance so and we'll talk about that when when we get around to uh, Five's little tour here. So basically after the montage, you know, dropping everybody into town, you know, basically showing us that they're arriving separately and they're not really, have not come together at this point. Um, but the last one to show up is Five, and he, you know, obviously quickly figures out that that everybody's been, you know, showing up separately. Comes across the guy who's, you know, working in the building that all of this keeps happening behind. They're basically, you know, dropping in at the exact same spot in Dallas, the alley behind this store. So, you know, this dude's seen it all happen over the years and starts to realize it's a pattern and, you know, kind of has it all figured out. And then five shows up and, and basically confirms it, uh, that that's what's going on and gives him like the information he needs basically. Right. And before they even get to that, I just like the fact that, you know, the whole thing of it, 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 there was a, you know, it worked itself up as well as far as the the reveals to the individual people, you know, as they walked out, you know, Klaus and and then Diego and stuff, uh, encountering the world that they were, you know, had, had fallen into. Yeah. Yeah, they did such a nice job, like, establishing the same spot, but, like, how things are changing just even six months or a year at a time. Exactly. And also just the even the dynamic of, you know, if you come in looking certain ways, the reaction to those around you, you know, will be different as well. Right, exactly. Allison so. walks into the old diner and, you know, right. the points at the, the whites only sign. And yeah. of course, all that builds up to when when five shows up, it's in the middle. When five initially shows up, it's in the middle right. you know, of basically the tanks rolling in from the Soviets. The Soviets are, exactly. are invading the U.S. Uh, so at that point, that's I, I believe like late 1963 was when he shows up. Well, the fact that he runs into his brothers and sisters, and they are on blast. I mean, those guys yeah. are fully powered for the first time. 
you know, Klaus. Well, is and sending... that's the thing that gets a little confusing with what happens later. But yeah, so he's he shows up to yeah, they're the freaking Avengers at this point. I oh mean, yeah. They, they are like on it and just like fully doing you know to the height of their abilities, like they've like they've done this all along, like they're a, just a full on team. Well, yeah, and even I guess yeah, I mean, I, that which didn't is stand- a, but do you see why that's a little confusing after what we find out later? Right. Well, and that wasn't even what stood out to me because I, I guess with that that makes more sense that it would be even more confusing because I was just I, I guess I was just so flabbergasted by the them showing them at full force you know uh you know luther taking the full blast of like a bazooka to the back and just kind of shrugging it off klaus sending the full ghost armies in you know ben fully fully powered uh uh i mean even and even the remember i said in the recap episode the uh fact that rumor the rumor is actually it's it's bigger than just making people do things you know she manifest she basically melted their brains because she said that's what was happening so that yeah, was awesome yeah well and not only that if you noticed even before she said you know i heard a rumor that i blew your minds or whatever she said to to make that happen even before she had some kind of you know she was putting out some kind of energy that like stopped them you know if you notice there was a little there was a little something that she was doing that wasn't that was before she even spoke. Nice. So yeah, there's definitely more to her at this point. But then, just to take take a little step back, because this is the part that that maybe I misread when I watched it. So maybe it'll make more sense after we talk about it. Um, this is basically the moment. You know, the Soviets are are invading, and you know, it, it's it's essentially nuclear war, and once again, you know, the Hargreaves family fails. You know, it, that scene ends with the bomb coming and, and they blew it again. They did not stop the apocalypse. You know, once again, and five gets zapped out of there. And that's when we run into old man Hazel, who I was happy to see. Yes, for sure. I like old man Hazel. Yes, I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan. Yep. Poor... Poor Agnes. He lost Agnes. Yeah, he lost Agnes. But yeah, this is obviously years after. And, you know, we find out he's not with the organization anymore or anything. He's just he's just there kind of to to give five another chance to stop it again or whatever. So Hazel, once again, you know, as long as he doesn't, you know, we don't learn anything else. He's turned out to be a pretty stand up dude both times. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. He's been the key. He's been the without Hazel, if it wasn't for him, they would have never gotten a chance to try and fail twice and possibly a third time by the end of the season. We'll uh, God bless Hazel. <laughs> but as you said, before the bomb comes, they are just kicking serious ass and it was just a joy to watch. Yeah. Am I confusing that now? I'm now I'm second guessing myself. Cause so he never jumped again. Right. I mean, when he when he arrives and sees all that stuff and then Hazel steps in. When Hazel Hazel takes him back 10 days. Hazel jumps them back and says, I brought you back 10 days. It's just it's, you know, not much, but it's enough time to stop the apocalypse. Okay, 
Okay, perfect. I was confused there a little bit on the timing. So basically, when five arrives, when he drops in the time, it's and he walks to the end of the street. the The war is going on. He witnesses his brothers and sisters throwing down. Hazel appears, says, "Come with me if you want to live." Ten days yeah. back, then he gets blown away. Briefcase gets destroyed. Mission starts, but that's when you first see the milkman. The yes, okay, yes, okay. I just wanted they because I didn't. I don't remember. I didn't remember seeing them initially, and I just wanted to make sure. And I go ahead and give so. me your uh, I, give me your yeah, take I don't on think them. That they, I don't think that they were there before. You mean they weren't there when the tanks were rolling in before Correct. Hazel zapped Correct. them back? So I don't think so. Okay. And it, and if they were, I think it would have been a minor. De- I mean, it's only ten days later, so it wouldn't be like shocking if they were. But uh, yeah, no, the milkman. You know, they're the, the it it kind of reminds me of uh, like if they cloned um, the blonde-haired, pale villain from Die Hard, you know, and just made a couple little skinny versions of him, you know, because he's basically just this very pale, fair-skinned, you know, creepy-looking looking dude, or three of them, actually, that all kind of look alike. Um, and they're... I don't know what they are. They show up to stop Hazel, obviously, but, I mean, are th- are we assuming that they work for that organization, that, that Five and Hazel or something previously of the, did? Or something similar. Something like it. Correct. Okay. Yeah, uh, there was an interesting thing, though. Did you catch the the thing where, like, he sees the guy? So, so basically, there's just a couple of them, and then he sees... This is how I interpreted it. Is the one guy, like, the past version of himself? Ooh. Cause I, I think didn't that, pick up on and, that, but that could I have be because I did see again, them, like... The, and again, for the... For the listeners, I mean, we're, we're literally recording this right after we watched the episode, so I need a second viewing. But at one point, the main dude, like when they come back to, to the 10 days later or whatever, when we first see them, he's chasing them. And then the guy, like some guy, some just guy that works at, at that store is wheeling out a card or whatever. And he looks at him and they both kind of look at each other. And it's a younger version of him. But I think that later in the show, when there's three of them, I think it's because now it's it's the original guys plus the younger version. Unless I read that wrong. I, I saw the like the nod. I didn't. I guess I didn't pick up on. I mean, that would be a cool twist because there is so much time travel involved, and that's what I thought. But maybe know. I'm just being influenced by the fact that it's such a time travel heavy yeah. thing. But that was kind of what I took took from it but i, I, I don't again, know but i gotta I, go back I, I, for a second viewing i would find that interesting uh but I, I i'm not sure i didn't really pick up on that specifically but as far as like you said it was uh yeah they reminded me very much of kind of a mixture between uh the dude that was in the da vinci code uh was it paul bettany oh, that played yeah. the paul bettany yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, oh like the the, yeah, the uh, like the albino skinned. Well, and also kinda. the yeah, and they were he was just very not un you know uh, had, had a little of the Terminator ness yeah. to him, but uh, 
And then yeah, also, yeah, no, these see, I I didn't see that. I saw them more as like a a very like almost Scandinavian. Well, yeah, I mean, they definitely kind, look kind like of a look. bit of the die bit of the diehard crew from yeah. You know, that's the original. What, I think that's where my brain went. Right, but I think that there was uh, that the 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 bigger one of the three just had a very like deformed Amish vibe to to him. For some reason to me, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that that old uh, sci-fi trope, the deformed Amish look. Correct. I've yeah. se- seen that in so many shows; it's almost cliche at this point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm very interested to find out their their deal. So yeah, so basically, you know, after after Hazel goes down. You know, f- uh, five is able to escape and starts making the rounds to figure out where everybody is. He pieces it together, I think, already fairly quickly, and then the dude from the store kind of confirms it by saying, "Oh, yeah." I mean, in in a way, that was the only part of the show that was a little bit lazy in exposition. Like they actually wrote in a character to say, Oh yeah, he came then. And then four, four months later he came and then he cried in the alley and said, Allison, you know, for a few months and blah, blah, blah. I laid it all out there for us, but hopefully they'll still go back and, and like explore, you know, what happened to these characters. Cause here's my question. So in, well, real quick, let me comment on that because I, I think, I think that, uh, I still haven't sense. cleared up my timeline issue. I have a timeline question that I need to run. Well, by the, you. that character specifically, because that is such a you know you know my you know what importance I place on writing. So therefore, right. just in defense of writing in that whole idea, I like the fact that it wasn't overdone. Though I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a little overdone in the sense of like he leaves in the middle of a TV sale to investigated initially and now he's turned into like there's you know grainy photos on the one wall and all that kind of stuff yeah but like you said i mean the fact that five had pretty much for all intents and purposes figured it out and just was jumping in to make sure that he could get the initial lead and that was the connection to diego yeah i was pretty comfortable with it yes it was i was a little worried that they were gonna you know like spend 20 minutes and he was gonna like they were going to go right out of the gate because eventually, like you said, they're going to have to backtrack and, and, and send that alley is going to send each one of their stories going, you know? So, but that has to be when, if, and when the time is right versus like, if that guy would have just sat down with five and broke it all down and had the photos to match, I would have been pretty pissed. Okay. Okay. So, so at the time five shows up, um, we find out Diego is locked up. He's institutionalized, you know, because, and we also find out it sounds like he's only been there like one of the shortest amounts of time. It sounds like Diego was maybe the last, or maybe Vanya was the last one, but Diego's been there less than a year for sure, it sounded like, because they said that basically the whole time he's been there, he's been, you know, trying to warn people about the kennedy assassination didn't he get so what was the order 
I, I don't remember exactly. Actually, it's, it's not really relevant, but it sounds okay. like from what they said, you know, that's pretty much what he's been putting his focus on since he's been there. And it's gotten him locked up. He's been locked up for like a month and a half or whatever at this point, uh, you know, in, in a institution. And Luther is working with a mobster basically as his muscle and then also uh you know cage fighting at night you know <laughs> Dude. Also, also for his mobster he's such a he's got to be somebody's number one it's like you know Dude, fish gotta swim tell me though <laughs> how about it the actor the fight huh Oh, dude, he's awesome. He's awesome. No, I'm not talking. I mean, we can get into. We'll, we'll, I, I, yeah, Luther. I'm really excited to see where they're going to go with it. Versus being the depressed Luther, I'm glad they're going to go with more of a pissed off. I'm done with it, Luther. But we'll get into that. But no, what I was commenting on is, did you notice who the fucking mob boss is? He's the eyes and ears of this institution. Think about that for a second. Think about what I just said, the words I just used. Oh, is that who that is? Yes. The Breakfast Club janitor? The janitor from I, the Breakfast Club, I knew Club, something baby. about his face was, like, familiar and, and, like, nostalgic. I just couldn't place it. I That's am the so eyes funny. and ears of this institution. <laughs> but I love that. Uh, I love the pit fighting scene, you know, because it starts out. Like, it actually, it threw me for a second because he's, like, getting his ass whooped yeah. a little bit by this much smaller dude. But then you see him look over at the boss, and then the boss gives him the nod, and then he just beats the crap out of the dude. <laughs> so oh, great. I loved it. <laughs> but, loved uh, it. so so then Five, you know, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but when Five tracks him down, you know, just to go to what you were saying about the more angry luther you know five actually finds him and and tells him about what's going on and he's he's just like you know i don't care i'm not interested you know and has no intention of helping or anything which is definitely a huge swing for luther because you know as you described him you know he's kind of the the true believer as you say um for sure but i guess he's just over it at this point yeah, well, that's what I think, you know, because that's basically how the episode ended was with, with that, you know, kind of screw everybody. And because he's wired the way he is, I'm sure he will be one of the the first that comes to the fold with five. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He'll have to, you know, if he'll have to run into one of the siblings or, you know, something will have to happen. You know, that's he only was able to, to, to say screw everything because I think he thought everybody was gone and he was alone and, you know, the mission was over for all intents and purposes. But if the, if the mission is back, I think he'll be back. Okay. That leads me to another question. So what, okay, let's talk about the order for a second. Cause that has to do with what, what I want to talk about next. So what order did they drop in? We know Klaus was first. And I, I thought Diego was next. Yeah, maybe he was. I don't. But I don't. Unfortunately, I don't remember now. I wish I would have. So, okay. So here's my question. Here's why I ask. And we'll have to go back and take a look. Um, So Allison. We find now, um, when we find Allison, I don't know what order she showed up in. She was either two or three. She now has her voice back and is married to, 
you know, it seems like either political type or a civil rights activist at yep. least. Um, and, you know, we don't know exactly how, how long they've been married, but I mean, definitely she did not waste much time. Um, so I'm wondering like if when Luther showed up, like she was already there and married and that's part of what, you know, led him to his life with the mob. Well, I think that, uh, now that I think of it, because she's married, she had to be number two or possibly number three, but she couldn't have been any later than that. Cause by, by number three, it's only a year out. Right. Yeah. No, less than that. Well, I would think. 60. I would think. I mean, either way, the longest she could have been there is like two years. So, yeah, you know, that's a pretty pretty well, short uh, amount of time. Well, either way, um... I I guess my question is, do we even know? My problem is if if when five is making the rounds and talking to Luther and going in and talking to Diego at the hospital and screwing him over big time you know Diego had you know basically everything in place to to escape the hospital and then five you know shows up and cock blocks him basically and gets right. him drugged and thrown into solitary um but during when all this is happening I I'm unclear if what we've seen from Allison's story is taking place at that same time Yes, I think everybody's story okay. is current. I think that I don't know why. I don't know why Klaus was motivated to head back into Dallas because obviously they were coming from. I believe they referenced San Francisco, which I'm yeah, really they, excited to see why Ben had whatever his attachment to San Francisco was. Why he didn't, you know, he was kind of upset they had left. Um, well, it sounded. I mean, what I took from that, it sounded like they had spent time in San Francisco for Ben to. Um, you know, deal with it, maybe some families or maybe like he went back to visit like people in his family that he had. I mean, it would have been like it, like probably grandparents or maybe parents or something. But uh, yeah, it sounds like there was maybe family there or something that he had unfinished, finished business or I don't know. I don't understand the ghost stuff of all of this yet. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be directly ghost stuff because I don't think any of these people have family. You know, you got to figure they were all spontaneously born, so only are only attached to the females, not to any fathers. And then they were, you know, half of them died, like in the comics at least. Um, you know, a lot of them, like the anyway. Uh, I'm getting sidetracked, but the, uh, but the, uh, yeah, and and to be honest with you, now that I'm thinking of it, I think that w- I, maybe I was putting too much importance even on the order because. The one thing that the other guy that I think was important why they put the the TV store owner in there was the idea that they had come back and always missed each other. The ones that had arrived earlier right. in time had maybe come back to see if other ones would arrive, but they never were connected, so on and so forth. Uh, so, so are we thinking that maybe... Um, Klaus and Ben have been gone and have, have no idea, you know, like none of them seem very surprised that like the, when, when one of their siblings shows up, none of them seem very surprised. They all seem to have figured out or assume that, 
you know, everybody's going to pop up somewhere else in time. You know what I mean? You know, L- Luther isn't surprised to see five. You know, Diego's not surprised to see him. You know, they all kind of seem like it's, you know, kind of what they expected to happen. Well, I think that they do a pretty good job walking that fine line between because there is a small level of surprise, but there's also ultimately when you're a superhero, obviously nothing's out of the realm of possibility. That's true. Sometimes I forget that they had the whole uh, childhood career, you know. Right, right. The fact that one of your brothers manifests demons through his skin or, or, I mean, horrors through his skin. or (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm basing it like, only what I know about them is their entire history. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like there's the whole childhood part that, you know, if you just watch the show, you're not really privy to. Right. So the, uh, the, the specifically Klaus and Ben, um, I'm interested to see. Well, for one thing, I think that in San Francisco, I think it was a reference to something to do with ghosts. So I don't know if maybe he was, you know, somehow I, you know, I don't know. I'm very that that should be an interesting story in and of itself. But um, I'm there must have been something that prompted them to head back to Dallas. So I'm anxious to see if it was maybe some sort of visitation to Klaus that said, "Hey, you need to go and you know look for your siblings here or whatever." Or if it was, you know, who knows with this show? I mean, it could be anything. That's what's so yeah, great about could it. Could be anything. So. Could be anything. And then um, the only one we haven't talked about is Vanya, who is, you know, staying with with a, a family, um, seems to have amnesia, which, you know, would kind of make sense because the last time we saw her was was, you know, when she was all white violined out and and all of that went down. So, you know, we're assuming it's real. I guess technically she could be just saying she has amnesia, but. That's just me being suspicious. Yep. No, I, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. Um, so, yeah. So she's kind of helping out with the kids, staying with his family, who who the uh, husband seems is definitely either cheating on his wife or lying to her because we where where everything starts to come together is he is at the bar where the mobster that Luther works for and where Luther's working and that's kind of, you know, at the end of the scene or towards the end of the episode when Five and Luther and everybody are together. If you notice, that's the husband that Vanya's staying with. Right. And he, he keeps he keeps talking to the mobsters. So I don't know what the connection there is, but, you know, that might be how how we end up finding Vanya, I'm assuming, in the, in the next episode. Yeah, I would think that you're basically going to get one of two things. You're going to get either... Vanya, because she's built quite a, a love and respect for the for the wife that that they're staying with, um, that she's staying with, and goes and maybe follows him to confront him because he's not being a very good husband, and runs into Luther at the bar, or Luther mm. obviously being probably not just a you know pit fighter, he's also a, probably a leg breaker, and maybe he gets sent by the Don to you know. Go and uh, oh, rough up the dude, right? And house then or something, yeah. R- runs into Vanya at the house or something like that. So I mean that, that because Ooh, that would be a good way to go because then she would probably protect him, you know, because it's there. That's her friends, even right? Actually, that's a great you know? thing. And and if she doesn't remember her brother, that could be 
and brings back and maybe that's what sparks the memory or maybe just you know it's like oh i remember trying to kill you before right exactly luther but the cool thing is vanya from the apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and that's what i like where you know luther can that allows for him to be pulled back in to have to help people even though maybe you know he's just at the point where he just doesn't want to do anything for anybody anymore you know unless he's oh yeah whatever so which again that's actually another thing that i'm anxious to find out if you know was he drowning his sorrows and you know over allison and then this guy manipulate him that way did he you know accidentally kill somebody and this guy you know manip- you know wh- what happened where he had to be this guy's dog you know yeah so, yeah exactly because it can't be just he's just gone gone bad you know he's just gone gangster I don't no know because he wouldn't be you know they made sure to establish that he's kind to the cig- cigarette gal and stuff like that where he's still got right. a, a you know the the heart and soul still there it's just the, the exterior is like you know, screw everybody at this point. Yeah. So there's got to be a re-softening somehow, but we'll, we'll, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, I love when the I love when the waitress is like, yeah, the kid over there, I asked him you know, how, <laughs> how old he was. He asked me what time I got off work. Dude, best line in the whole show, though. What's that? In the mental ward. The doctor says, well, well, well you know, a... a son trying to live up to some expectations of a dead father and he says tell that to luke skywalker i know that line's oh, yeah. uh i know you don't get that but it's awesome <laughs> he's like that would have been a great that's a great reference in the future <laughs> yeah uh, oh. yeah i just boy that uh he just really nails diego he he does a great job with that character yeah he's so good here's here's what i want to know about the diego scene because i loved everything in in the hospital with diego was i awesome. have one bitch he, but i'll get to that he's after you make you go it was it may be the same one i have okay so I, I don't know if things have just gotten a little tighter since the 60s and i know diego's a badass but how do you like number one just get through you know some part of your afternoon get taken down to see a visitor get drugged get put in a straitjacket and go through all of that and they not find the pen that you had tucked into the elastic of your hospital pants. <laughs> Come on! Do better, Umbrella Academy. Don't bump me. You're almost perfect. You're almost perfect. You know what? That's, uh, that's legit because mine isn't nearly as glaring as that i didn't uh i didn't really think because i didn't notice where he drew it from you know whatever but i yeah i ran it back i had to look because i was hoping maybe he keistered it and i just somehow missed it or he you know a a real diego move would have been for him to like regurgitate it right you know know? (laughs) right i wasn't sure i you know i had i have to exhaust all possibilities no i had to look it was pretty much hospital elastic pants you know okay well then my one complaint is and it may be nothing. You know, it's all about what they do in this second episode. But when they finally yeah. are done running and he because he used the, you know, lethal weapon Mel Gibson move on the with the straitjacket yeah. removal. Yeah. 
when he finally stops running and has to reset that shoulder, if he doesn't reset it and then pass out, then I don't understand why they did what they did. Like the whole awkward running with the arm, like down the hall and stuff like that, but still dragging her along with that arm at times. Like if you're going to, you would have took the five seconds to slam it into a wall to pop it back in if it wasn't if that wasn't going to make you pass out. Eh, so maybe if maybe, he just if, maybe. if if the first couple minutes of episode two if he just if they get like to a car and he's like hang on one second and then just slams it into the car and then gets in and starts driving or something, eh, I'm gonna have a little bit. I mean that's a, that's well, real nitpicky. I'll, I'll get. It's really it again, yeah, exactly. You're but, almost perfect, Umbrella but was, Academy. But, but I'll, was, I'll defend that one a little bit to say that, like, in a in a a panic situation, a running situation, like, yeah, maybe maybe you know, maybe you could pop it and and just get back in the car and go, but maybe not. Maybe it doesn't always go that well. Maybe it takes six or seven tries you know what i mean so like let's get out of danger first but i see what you're saying no and, I mean, and that's you know, actually you made a you, great if argument. you're diego you probably know you could get it on the first try because you're diego so Absolutely. yeah I, I see what you're saying well and and only because if it was a 60 second scene where they escaped pretty quickly and it was just a little bit of awkwardness but like they run into those cops and tumble down and like there's a he does a lot of things with that shoulder where sometimes he's being real gingerly with it and then sometimes he's like pulling her around with you know what I mean like so yeah I just yeah. wish they would have resolved that sooner if it's going to be a quick resolve once they get clear of the action but again yeah. If that's my only complaint, I'm, you know, that's gravy. So exactly. Trust me. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. We're not ungrateful. I'll always take a having to pop the shoulder back into socket move. Even if it's poorly executed, at least you tried. And that's a badass move. You know, every one of those is an homage to Mel Gibson every time. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) So where does this episode wrap up i after delving back in i almost forgot where the where the kind of cliffhanger is on this with uh with luther basically that's the last line of the show i think of the episode is him saying to five you know screw everybody oh yeah yeah so we see that luther is uh he's not having it anymore not having it at all well and he's over the hero game we cannot forget to comment on uh, the badassery of Allison. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the uh, racist shop owners, you know, come over to to break up the meeting and get all up up in their business, and then uh, you know, basically throws a punch at her husband, and she just steps in and whoops his well, ass. Well, it's great because basically they're meeting at a you know a, a hair salon. Um, yeah, because they're yeah. you know they're they're civil rights activists and they're they're planning a yeah, a, like, a, a a very you know Martin Luther King style um, nonviolence you know it's all it's going to be all about us showing dignity and class no matter what these 
a-holes do to us or around yeah, us. Yeah, the, the, um, the plan is no matter what happens, we're we going to rise above. But, it's, but it's class awesome. and dignity. So basically, you know, they're getting ready to wrap up the meeting. They hear the knock on the door, and everybody's <laughs> kind of like, you know, how should we handle it? How should we handle it? Allison's, of course, like, I'll handle this. Closes the door, <laughs> opens it up, and it's awesome because she's very willing to handle it with her words. You know, he basically kind of threatens her, like, I'm, you know, watching. I got buildings around here. She's like, is this your building? No, then we don't need you, you know, whatever. Goes to shut the door, and he's got his foot in the door. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, as a fucking Karen of the 1960s, you know, and immediately starts into the, you know, did you do this to me type of thing. Oh, that's that's ripped right from the headlines today, the foot in the door. Did you just slam your door on my foot? As a pretense to, you know, make it about, you know, that somehow you're the victim, you piece of garb i mean oh god so it was just so beautiful when you know again she was willing to just tear him apart verbally but he wants to get physical ironically because she literally could have tore him apart verbally yes quite literally which is awesome uh so she decides to just put him in his place and catches the fist and then you know sends him on his way (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, I love it. Like just the bystander walking by is like, oh, she don't play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome because it was, it was, it was a, it was a comment that would have totally been made, but they didn't make it. They didn't over embellish it. Yeah. Where it wouldn't be right for the the time and place. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. It was, yeah, very, very, very well done. Oh yes. So, you know, I mean, she doesn't seem to have any awareness that any of the siblings are around. It doesn't seem like any of them do. doesn't seem like any of them know about each other, except that they all know about five, but we don't, I mean, not, they all know, but Diego and, and Luther know about five now, but, um, we don't really know that for sure. I mean, we'll see in, in episode two when, when we go back and kind of see what's been going on the last couple of years. I'm assuming they'll probably use a lot of flashback to, to bring us up. But, I mean, Diego might know that Luther's there and that Allison's there. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, the, the, it seems I guess like they're the all in inter- Dallas still. What's that? Except for, seems like they're all in Dallas still, except mm-hmm. for Klaus and Ben, who are on their way back. So, Yeah, the way I interpreted it was more of a, you know, the, you, before Sir Reginald uh, took his life to, to reunite the gang, um, they were all living separate lives, and... and whether they were happy or not, you know, it, it, they weren't connected. So then the fact that I like the fact that they're handling it the way they are in the sense of, you know, just because they had to band together to, to get through the end of season one, you know, the, the events at the end of season one doesn't mean all of a sudden they were just this deep, you know, connected family again. So I think that their natural right. inclination, once they hit the ground and couldn't find each other or knew, you know, it wasn't going to be easy, was a bit of, you know, going to ground and, and just protecting themselves and finding where they could in the in the mix. And, and even though, like Diego, for instance, was 
you know, kind of fell right into trying to help people and, and doing stuff like that, you know, that, that, that's who he is, you know, that's what he, how he defines himself. So that was as much about him, you know, protecting himself as it was him looking to protect other people or whatever. So, so yeah, I just love the fact that, you know, not only did the events thrust them all apart again, but because they've all had different experiences since last they met, you know, there's going to be some bitternesses built up. There's going to be some loves that were had or not had, you know, things like that. I, I like the fact that in Allison's story so far, you know, there was the reference that when her husband gave her the anniversary present of the, the book, um, it referenced the moon. And, you know, he had said that she spends a lot, spend, spends a lot of her time looking at the moon. And obviously that's a, we're hoping it's her thinking of Luther in, in some way. And Yeah. But yeah, it is nice that they did it that way though, because, you know, to add to what you said, if any of them had dropped, had, had dropped in Dallas together, then they would have moved forward in their lives, either knowing or assuming that all the other siblings were somewhere and probably, you know, acting based on that. But since they all dropped individually, they all chose their next path in their life based on being there alone. So you get to see exactly, you know, where they would end up. For sure. And since, since as you said, that's kind of how they started out, you know, in the first place, separate from each other. And yeah, yeah I'm so, I love it. It's going to be awesome. I'm so happy they chose to drop them in they disperse them through time versus through space or through an event that, you know, quickly disperse them once they all arrive together. I, I think this different, different places in time just is such a wise choice. It's, it's, it's really going to pay dividends down the road. I think so. Well, it gives, it gives them so many more, it gives them so many more places they can go with the story through the flashbacks and stuff to have all this backstory of 100 you know, one, two, three, one, two or three years, you know, here by themselves. And it's going to be awesome to see. So come back and join us for episode two. We're going to be releasing these every couple days for those of you who are binging the show or for those that have I've already been seeing in the social media groups. A lot of people have already finished the 10 episodes of season two. So we're going to slow play it a little bit and savor the flavor. And it's very difficult though. Slowly. It's, but yeah, we'll, we'll have, we'll have this thing done inside of uh, three weeks though. It sure would be easy episodes. to binge it. I can tell you that much, but, uh, but I think for, for, for the good of the show, I think uh, doing it an episode at a time will be wise, but boy, this one is, uh, they've really picked up right where they left off at the end of season one. All right, well, thanks for listening, and make sure you check out our other podcast, Back Issues, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, where we discuss the greatest comic book stories ever told, and come back for episode two of season two on Sir Reginald's Monocle. See you, Dave. See you, Tope.